This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show, where tonight we begin with two stars of the silver screen, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. She was a Jewish girl from the Bronx. He was raised Episcopal on Manhattan's Upper West Side. Now, together, they made some of the greatest film noir movies the world had ever seen, and their May-December romance will go down in history as one of Hollywood's most glamorous marriages. Lauren Bacall, 19 years of age, was a former model starring in her first leading film role when she met Humphrey Bogart, who was then 45, on the set of To Have and Have Not in 1944. Bogart was married to his third wife at the time. Despite their 25-year age gap, sparks flew between the two stars and the relationship progressed quickly. The movie debuted on January 20th of 1945, and Bogart was divorced soon after. He and Bacall tied the knot May 21st of 1945 at a ceremony on Pulitzer Prize-winning author Louis Brumfield's farm in Lucas, Ohio. Here tonight, they star in Bold Venture, and tonight's episode is entitled, Sailor is a Wealthy Woman. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Bold Venture. again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. <laughs> uh, what'll I think of next? What do you think you're doing? Don't bother me, sailor. With innkeeper comes certain inalienable rights. The right to hold the guest's mail up to the light and peek into their secrets. From these rights can come bruised peepers. Are you going to blab it around, sailor? Amelio was that ship's mate who checked in here six months ago. When he shipped out, he left explicit instructions. I was to open his mail, get a few chuckles, then forward it. Then why don't you just open it instead of holding it you up? Break the... me in two. I like to tease myself. You got problems. I got problems. All of Anna's chillin' got problems. I got dreamy a little while ago. Strayed through the mementos in my hook chest. You know what? What? The gun is gone. No. 
That little revolver you gave me last Valentine's Day. That twenty-five caliber Colt. Gone. Vanished. Missing. Stolen. Purloined. Sailor, that gun was our song. That little souvenir of blue steel was... I will grieve later, sailor. A customer approaches. Good day, sir. Welcome to Shannon's place. Rooms 350. Step aside, sir. Permit me one long, lingering look at this vision so many years lost, at this comely, beauteous, fair, and ravishing... You heard the customer slate. Step aside. Go on, sir. Prithee, pray do. I wander the world for a glimpse of you. There's no memory of me left in you. No remembrance of me. Of Freddie Nay. Freddie, your husband. Huh? You lost a gun, you find a husband. This is your red-letter day, sailor. Darling, don't you recall the elopement from moonlit Biarritz? The highway that skirted the sea? The marriage at Joan Le Pin? The little French charwoman who was your bridesmaid? You don't recall, beloved? No, Freddie, I don't. But it's sure thrilling. Next chapter, please, so I can curl up with it. And then your sudden farewell at the Bois in Paris. The autumn leaves, the search. Now you're healthy, well, comfortable. All I needed to know. It will sustain me through desolate years. Au revoir, Shelley. Au revoir. Gee, always a bride, never a bridesmaid. Slate, why are you looking at me like that? You don't believe A man it. says he's your husband. A man ought to know about things like that. You can't be sick, Slate. You think I'd misplace a husband. Did you? No. Don't look at me like that, Slate. I said no. All right, if that's what you want me to believe, I believe you. Forget it. All we have to do is call Inspector LaSalle. Tell him this phony is... Be a nice girl and allow me my mood, sailor. Get your hands off me. Get them off. <laughs> Mark? Mark, wake up. Mark, please. Don't jiggle the chassis, Freddy boy. It'll upset the fine balance I've struck between me and the Havana sun. Oh, feel that sun, Freddy boy. Let it run through your fingers. Mark, I went there like you told me. I told that Miss Duval everything you told me to tell her. That I married her in France, that she left me. That I've been looking for her all these years, just like Tell you said. Tell me, boy, did it jerk tears, your performance? You're a sad thing. The tears must have been jerked. I don't know what it did or why you wanted it. All I know is I want the bonus you promised me. You doubt I'll give it to you, Freddy boy? You doubt a tender soul like me when I fed you, clothed you, filled your pockets with nickels for extras? So you could live this moment with that tangy Miss Duval? You promised me, Mark. You promised. And if I am nothing... I am a keeper of promises, Freddy boy. Uh, this. This little gun. Small caliber. Of a size to grow warm and misty in a girl's hand. For you, Freddy. The sun touched you, Mark. I phony for you and I get a lousy lady pistol. What do I do? Get six bucks for it from a native pawn... That's what to do with it, Freddy boy. Die from it. <laughs>
makes you happy, huh? I'm talking to you, Slate. What's the matter? You hate yourself because you didn't stop fast enough and I didn't go through the windshield? Get out of the Jeep. Okay, okay. Slate, listen to me, will you? For three days now, you've been acting like I'm off limits. Is this friendly? There he is, sailor. Inspector LaSalle. He called you. He wants to see you. You got the man who says he's your husband. I've been saving it up for that joker. Hi, LaSalle. Buenos dias to you both. Please come with me. Into here. What's this all about, LaSalle? Why do you want us here at headquarters? I told you on the phone. About it is a man named Freddie Ney. The claimant to the title of husband to you, Senorita Duval. In here, please. This is the morgue, LaSalle. In here. A suggestion to you, Senorita. Take a handkerchief from wherever and start to twist it. Is this the man who said he was your husband? Yes. Yes, that's him. This man was identified from his prints. He was found shot to death in a room at 27 Pavano. A 25 caliber bullet in his heart. Such a caliber as a woman might use, senorita. The truth, if you will be so kind as to turn over a leaf. Is this man your husband? No. Adios to the two of you. Corpses and murders I make my living with. And always in my bushy hair is you and you. Get out. Baffle me, Slate. You get thin-lipped because I've suddenly got a husband I never married. Then you take me walking in dirty hallways. A regular baffler, you. Your boy was killed in this house. Any man who says he's a husband of yours deserves a better fate than that, sailor. Take the long view, kid, and the whole thing is very peaking. You broken down, my boy. You still think that he's... I never think, sailor. I just ask the management. Go away, please. No vacancy. You're wrong, manager. The room where Freddie Ney was killed. That's vacant. See, the police made to me a suggestion. They say to me, don't rent Senor Ney's room, Pecho. Pecho is me. A sucker for suggestions. With no vacancies. You know anything about it, Pecho? Who killed Freddie? Maybe you know who visited him before he died. Motto of this house, senor. No snooping from the management. The secret of Pecho's success. No vacancies. Goodbye. No vacancies, huh? Only in his head. Look who's pointing a finger. Come on, let's find out what makes you so married. I want you to know how much I appreciate you doing all this for me, Slate. Running around, banging on doors, asking questions. Just for me. Makes a girl glow. Look at me, Slate. Like me when I'm glowing? Why don't you go home? It worries you, doesn't it? About Freddie Nay. About the murder. About my being mixed up in it. It really does worry you, huh, Slate? Now look, Sailor. The only reason I'm running around like this is because I've got a clinical interest in what's happened. I'm taking notes on it. Someday I'm going to write a book. I'm going in here for material. Go home. Sure. I'll put myself in the window for you, Slate. And I'll still be glowing. Hurry up home.
Hi, Maria. What do you want here, Slay Shannon? <laughs> What's the matter with you? I ask a question of you, Slay Shannon. What do you want? I ask you one, too. What's the matter with you? Where's the big hello? Marianne, her palace of jollies have for you only the smallest hello that can be had. See, I put my one finger over my thumb like so. The space between the hello from me to you. Look, all I want to do is ask you a question, Maria. I'm trying to get some information about a man named Freddy. About a murdered man named Freddy Nate, see? That's right. Uh, I will tell you. The whispers in the barrio says that Senor Ney is such a man as to be beloved by your sailor Duval, to be married to her. And this you could not stand, huh? So you kill him. Friends of man who kill for such a reason are not friends of mine. Now, just take it easy for a minute, Maria. I want... And you will get from Maria this, the big goodbye. Goodbye, Slick Channel. I am sorry, ma'am, but Mr. Duval is not at the hotel at the moment. The moment just arrived, King Moses. I'm here. A lady on the phone wishes to talk to you, Lady Sailor. Here, give it to her. Mr. Val speaking. This is Wanda Webster, Mr. Val. Agent from Zapato Insurance Company. I hate to bother you at such a time. No bother at all. No insurance at all, either. Well, it's been nice. Yes, it is. $50,000 nice, Mr. Val. Or do you call yourself Mrs. Ney? I wouldn't know. What are you talking about? The policy on your husband, Freddie Ney. I'm handling it. You're the beneficiary, you know. $50,000. I'll have the check along in a day or so. Goodbye. Hey, wait a minute. Hello, hello. King. Yes, Miss Saylor? I never had a husband in my life. But shake hands with a wealthy widow. Our stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, and the second act of our story. Oh, I could tell you things that would make you swoon Of tales that are told neath the blood-red moon Of very strange times, events so weird In frozen climes and deserts seared But the strangest one I tear my hair Concerns Lady Sailor, a maid so fair She gets without benefit of usual clergy Fifty thousand bucks, widow's beneficiary. Sing that last line again, King. Fifty thousand bucks, widow. Uh, that's it, uh, fifty thousand dollars, King. I can't touch that money. That fifty thousand's not mine. Into each life a little rain must fall, sailor. A maxim I learned at the feet of a wise man at the foot of a mountain in Lower Tibet. What fifty thousand? 
LM King. Fifty thousand bucks, widow's beneficiary. You kiddies want to play games? I'll draw you a hopscotch ring. Or you want to tell me about fifty thousand dollars? I got a phone call a little while ago. A nice voice said I inherited that much money. What is this, sailor? How do I know what it is? A nice voice said I was going to get a check because my husband was dead. Because he left an insurance policy for $50,000. Who called you and told you about all this money? Well, she said her name was Wanda Webster, an agent for Zapata Insurance Company. Oh. Well, stay here, sailor. I'm going to find out why you stand still and somebody drops $50,000 on your head. <laughs> I looked through your house, Wanda girl. You weren't there. So then I closed my eyes and I thought to myself, where would a woman of such beauty and form hide herself? On the beach, I said to myself, where a thousand eyes can admire. I uh, sell more insurance this way. Liability, life, life. Take a deal, Mark. Enjoy me. You notified the bereaved widow of her solace. $50,000 worth. When she started spluttering on the phone, I hung up on her. Spluttering widows bore me. Oh, that girl Duval. To kill her own husband and with her own gun, too. Shameless. Good boy like Freddy, who never harmed anyone. He finally makes history because I issue a policy on him. Make that Duval girl his wife and beneficiary. Easy. Easy because the Pato Insurance Company gave me a gold watch once. For loyalty. She shouldn't have used her own gun. Mm. Leaves her so open to blackmail. Her a murderer, and with only $50,000 to her name. Oh, but you'll lift her burden, Mark. It was written in the stars, Wanda, for me to do that. Well, share it with Wanda. Happy's. Hand me my rat, Mark, will you? The beach has had me. <laughs> Well, part of the time I was doing that, miss, the other part, in between buzzes, that is, I was watching you walk up the beach. You'll forgive me if I ran down your battery. The thing got out of hand. If you're looking for a quick charge, there's a service station up the road. Me, I just sell insurance. That's a dream I keep having. Insurance broker in a swimsuit. You work on small commissions, huh, lady? The step's 20 bucks a yard. I have these suits custom-made. Now, if you step inside my office, I could I could diagram a little annuity plan. Sorry, but I, I got an insurance agent that's been recommended to me, Wanda Webster. Big operator, handles stuff like $50,000 death benefits. Well, don't look anymore, mister. Wanda's all around you. Come on in. I'll just tag along behind. Go ahead, Miss Webster. Over there, that big leather chair. It's made for boys who get uneasy about $50,000 payments. Zapato's a big company, Mr. Um, Mr. Uh... Slate Shannon. Zapato's a big company, Mr. Shannon. The largest in Mexico City. All my years of representing them, I, I find it's not unusual that they make death payments in that amount. To a widow who never saw her husband? Didn't even marry him? 
You and Zapato are really big, Miss Webster. Generous, too. Oh, you're referring, of course, to Miss Duval, or rather the widow name. Well, this is a photostat copy of the policy, Mr. Shannon. Bought by Freddie Nay from me. Beneficiary, Mrs. Freddie Nay, also known as Sailor Duval. Death benefit, $50,000. Look for yourself. Yeah, look, Miss Webster, I don't know what's... What's to know? Mr. Nay is dead. Your Miss Duval gets 50000 for it. The check's on the way from Mexico. Uh, that way out, Mr. Shannon. Anybody here? Welcome, sir, to Shannon's place. You, Sailor Duval. Did you want something? Yeah, I want something. Like what? Like the chat with Sailor Duval. So, chat. I have got here a little thing, Miss Duval. Recognize it? Hey, that's my gun. That's right. Long time ago, I hired a man to lift a gun in Havana, and he did it to you. Well, well. Who are you, mister? A man with a message. Here's the message, honey. Sign it. With that gun in my eyes, I can't see it. Squint. The things you learn. Hey, this paper is an I.O.U. to somebody named Mark Stewart for $50,000. And guess what? I'm Mark Stewart. This gun, your gun, killed Freddie Nay. You're going to come into fifty grand any minute. The word is blackmail, honey. I lose the gun, you lose 50000 Else, you know what's going to happen? Yeah, it's kind of sneaking up on me. Sign it. Else you'll commit suicide out of remorse for killing hubby Freddie. Now take the pen, honey. That's right. I'll sign. Thanks. Gee, you're nice. On the beach, Slate. That's where you have to be to tell me what frolics went on between you and that Wanda Webster. Yeah. Maybe the tropic breezes will blow a memory back into your head. She showed me the policy sailor, the one Freddie Nay took out making you beneficiary. Look, Buster, why all the bitter? You keep telling me I'm a rich girl now. They'll talk nice to me, and some of it might rub off on you. Talk nice. That's what you've been doing, sailor, while I was out, making a list of charities? Yeah, just that. A poor fellow walks in and says, Look, lady, I ain't killed anybody in I don't know how long, so would you please help out with 50 grand? What are you talking about? That Wanda stuff your ears with olives. I'm talking about Mark Stewart, the guy who held a gun on a line with my eyes. This eye, this one here, and made me sign an IOU for $50,000. And you did it, huh? Sure, I'm not cheap. You did something else, too, sailor. Yeah, After he left, I started my breathing exercises again. Practice good, sailor. You just signed a confession of murder. This is where you had your big moment with that insurance agent, huh? Up the steps, killer. Push the buzzer. Watch me. Just watch me. On some bells, I can play Dixie. Hi, Shannon. Oh, and you, poor dear, you must be Mrs. Nay. Or Sailor Duval, or what shall I call you? 
You can call me Morton if you want. I try to get along. There's a check waiting for you, Morton. Come on in. Slate, she likes me. Yeah. Go in, will you? When did the check come, Wanda? Oh, about 15 minutes ago. Special delivery, airmail. In here, my office. I want you to meet somebody. Him. Mark Stewart. He and I have already met, haven't we, Mr. Stewart? Oh, when did this happen, Mark? Some time back. I stopped in the lobby of their hotel to buy a newspaper. Fibber. This the boy you were telling me about, Sailor? The very one. Well, any friend of yours is my friend, too. Now, let's all us friendly people get on with it, huh? I hate to be crass at a moment like this, but I think we'll just take our 50 grand and blow. Except there's something you people might not realize. I can't let you have the check. Because you've got this to consider. This gun. Paragon. The one that killed Freddie Nay. This a blackmail bit, Wanda? How much of this check do you people get? All of it. Endorse it, honey. Should I, Slate? Endorse it, sailor. Thanks. I'll take that. Joker. Oh, I forgot to tell you something, Wanda. It was just a little while ago that I paid a call on Miss Duval. I got her IOU for 50000 I guess I've got prior rights on the check. Oh, I don't care about that, honey. All I want is half. I doubt whether you'll get it, Wanda. You've also got a fine legal mind, Shannon. You've... Oh! Poor Mark. Poor greedy Mark. You have to understand why I shot him. It makes the world a better place to live in. Now, um, give me that check, Mr. Val. How do you want it? All at once or a little at a time? Fool, give it to me. Don't tear it. Give that check. Hold on to me, Wanda. It's nicer. Let go of me. Let go. Get that gun, sailor. Drop it, honey. It's my gun and I want it back. Thank you. $50,000. All that money I did. Slate. Slate, I've got the gun. You can let her go. Slate, I've got the gun. You can let her go. Slate! Don't flip, baby. I'm just giving her a memory to take to the pokey. Go call the cops, sailor. Our stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, will return in just a moment. Hey, Slate! Slate! Oh, hello, sailor. What are you doing? What does it look like I'm doing? I'm swimming in the ocean. Swimming? In two feet of water? So it's two feet of water. What do you want me to do? Get out over my head and get the bends? Silly of me. Well, uh, how do you like it, Slate? I went to Wanda's tailor and had it custom made. Nice bathing suit, huh? Oh, that tailor did a nice job, all right. Nice material. Fine workmanship. Just fine. So you like the suit? You like me in it? Ah, let the air out of my water wing, sailor. I'm floating on my own tonight. And 
so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in Bold Venture. Stay tuned for Duffy's Tavern next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for bartender Archie to reach for the phone as the owner, his boss Duffy, will be making a call to the tavern. Quiet, everybody. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet the Archie the manager's picking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Business? Uh, well, it's uh, pretty good since I've been selling Bach beer for nickel a glass. Huh? No, we don't lose no money. Well, I got a trick, you see. I take the regular beer, but before we serve it, I dip a goat in the barrel. <laughs> huh? What, Duffy? Well, what? Talk louder, will you? Some kids is playing ball outside and I can't hear you. Hey. Fats, what was that? Them kids just hit a baseball through the window. Any damage? Just... <laughs> just another hole in the window. Well, chase them kids off the block. I don't mind them hitting a ball through the window, but they might have hit that spider we was using for shades. <laughs> huh? Yeah, Duffy, them kids is getting tougher every day. You know, only this morning, I caught one of that gang helping an old lady across the street. <laughs> What's so tough about it? She didn't want to go. <laughs> well, look, I'll, uh, I'll call you back later, Duffy. Fats, did you get rid of them kids? Yeah, I tricked them. You tricked them? How? I asked them why they wasn't down at the schoolhouse watching the fire. <laughs> so what? The idea seemed to appeal to them They just asked me for Bellas and beat it Bellas? Well, if you asked me, the whole gang of them ought to have their teeth kicked in If they was a little smaller, I'd do it myself <laughs> Mr. Archie, why do you hate kids so? Why? Because they got no respect for their elders you give them an inch, and what do they do? They, they turn their backs and flaunt it in your face. <laughs> Things was different when you was a kid, huh? They certainly was different. You didn't see me waste me time playing baseball in the streets. How did you waste it? <laughs> I wasted it gaining knowledge. Knowledge that made me the man that I am today. You should have played baseball. <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. Look at that kid coming in. The age of him, coming into a joint like this. He can't be more than ten years old. Okay, Junior, what do you want? Good evening, sir. Kid scram, will you? Oh, please, sir, all I want is... Yeah, I know what you want, but if you think you're going to get a shot of rye in this place... <laughs> come back in nine years. Yeah, by that time, the rye will be nine years old. <laughs> 
that, tell them fats. Hey, wait a minute. You ain't the kid that just busted the window, are you? Sir, you misunderstand. I merely came in to ask you if you'd be interested in a book I'm selling. A book you're selling? What book? The Pocket Encyclopedia of Useful Knowledge. <laughs> useful Knowledge. Look, kid, it happens I was educated at Harvard. I don't have to have no knowledge. I got all that I need. Oh, but, sir, this book has answers to hundreds of questions that I'll wager you don't know. Oh, yeah? Like this. Well, for instance... <laughs> how long does it take light to travel from the sun to the earth? The light to travel from the sun to the earth? Uh, well, that depends how far away from the earth is the sun these days. <laughs> Ninety-three million miles. Right. Kid, don't be fantastic, will you? <laughs> oh, but, sir, it is. It's 93 million miles away, and it only takes a light from the sun eight seconds to reach the earth. Isn't that remarkable? What's remarkable? <laughs> it's downhill all the way, isn't it? What else is in that book? Well, um, here's another question. What are the equinoxes? The equinoxes? Come on, kid, give me a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are the equinoxes? They're them Indians that live up at the North Pole. <laughs> Do I happen to be correct? Mister, I think you better buy the book. <laughs> Kid, come here and feel this muscle. Now, don't infer me that I'm stupid or I'll bet you right in a kissing. Now, hit me with another question and I'll prove it to you. Very well. How high is Mount Everest? Mount Everest. Mm. All the way to the top? <laughs> yes. 60,000 feet. Sorry, the book says it's 30,000 feet. I am referring to the round trip. <laughs> you think I'm going to get stuck on the top of Mount Everest? <laughs> Don't tell me about Mount Everest, kid. A friend of mine happened to build it. <laughs> My dear sir, Mount Everest has existed ever since the Mesozoic age. Oh, yeah, huh? <laughs> Look, punk, I don't take no language like that from nobody. What you need is a good kick in the pants, and here it is. Ouch! Correct. Now get out of here and take that lousy book with you. You see, Fats, there's your younger generation. A kid like that going around calling people Mesozoics. <laughs> Uh, hello. Huh? Oh, hello, Miss I, Finnegan. How are you? Arch, your mood seems to be one of perturbation. <laughs> I just kicked the punk out of here for using the same language. Now, look, Finnegan, you, you got to be tough these days, you know? Spare the rod and spoil the child. Right, in a neighborhood like this, a kid's got to carry a rod. <laughs> 
you ain't understanding me. What I'm talking about is this present generation. I, I just don't understand them. And you know, when when you and me was kids and we played baseball together, did you ever see me knock a baseball throw in window? Oh, never, Rog. You're darn right. No, you was the one that always struck out. <laughs> Kids is back again. This time I'm chasing them away myself. Uh, you mind if I go along, Arch? Well, no, but uh, keep your hat on. We don't want to scare them away forever. You know. We might need them for future customers. <laughs> hey, listen, you punk kids. Either you decide to quit playing baseball on this block, or I'm going to take every mother's one of yous and stunt his growth with a bunk uh, hey, hey, Arch, look at here. Where? Here in the doorway. <laughs> a basket. And... Look what's in it. Holy cat. A baby. On a doorstep. A human baby. <laughs> hey, Finnegan, I wonder who could have left him. <laughs> Look at it, Arch. Boy, what a cute kid. Hey, maybe we better take it inside. It's sort of damp. Damp? The weather. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. Here, give me a hand, Finnegan. Okay. Now, now be careful with the kid going yeah, through that yeah, door now. Yeah. Oh, a deserted baby. Yeah. I wonder where it could have come from. Where? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, according to my information, there's the budge and the bee. Finnegan! <laughs> this is no time for rationalization. <clears throat> now, leave us set the basket down here on a bar. Holy cat, this is all that has to happen to me. Somebody leaves me with a kid. Hey, Miss Duffy. What? Uh, take this brat, will you? I'm oh, silly carrying a baby. Well, how do you think I'd look? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Try talking to him. Okay. Uh, I'll talk to him. Kid, uh... <laughs> Why do you think of conditions in general? A Republican. I wonder who he belongs to. I wonder. Well, let me take a look at it. Uh, let's see. Ten fingers, ten toes, a nose, two ears. Ain't nobody in my family. <laughs> He's kind of a cute baby, ain't he? What's so cute about him? They all look alike. <laughs> hey, maybe he's thirsty. Yeah, maybe you're right. The kid probably needs a drink, eh? <laughs> Finnegan, put down that scotch. <laughs> uh, fats. Draw a... Uh, Jigger of milk. <laughs> One milk coming up. Uh, Arch, maybe he's hungry. You want me to get him a bowl of chili? <laughs> Look, Finnegan, get him anything. Just shut him up. Let's give him a rattle. A rattle? Well, where are we going to get a rattle? Well, here you are, Arch. You can have mine. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll get the chili. Hey, wait a minute. Don't everybody run out on me. 
Oh, what am I going to do with this brat? Do. <laughs> Me, of all people left with a kid. Do. Kid. Will you stop trying to be cute? Uh, All right, then. We're going to get your milk in a second. Oh, here it is. That make you feel better, huh? Hey. Hey, you, you got a dimple, ain't you? Come here, kid. Hey, Lee, go on my finger. Hey, what a grip you got. A kid with your strength, you'd think I was really your father. Oh. Look, kid, don't tell nobody I told you, but I think you're kind of cute. Dad, Well, what do you know? He called me daddy. Pats, please, some soft music to help me baby get a little shut-eye. Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. Down will come, baby, cradling on Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop Wind blowing strong, my, my, look at it rock Don't touch that cradle, might make it fall No, here comes cradle, baby, you know This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had, uh... This little piggy had, uh... Little Bo Peep. She lost her sheep. How are you? Huh? Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. As I said, uh, go to sleep, you punk kid. <laughs> Uh, yes, Miss Duffy, uh... I don't think this bottle really has milk in it. You don't think it has milk in it, huh? Why? It's marked 90 proof. <laughs> oh, milk. Well, well, the baby's gotta... Uh, he's gotta go back where he come from. Can't stand the sight of kids, huh? You know, very well. I hate them. Okay, okay. Uh, by the way... Yeah? That third little piggy had roast beef. <laughs> oh, yeah? Look, you mind your own business. Uh, hey, Ike, can I haul him? Well, go ahead, but uh, don't drop him. Oh, oh, well, here, baby. Here, nice kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> See, uh, you know something? What? He looks just like you. Finnegan, you're holding him upside down. <laughs> Mr. Archie, huh? I think you better call the police and tell them about finding this baby. Call the police? 
Yeah, well, uh, are they open today? <laughs> they open every day. Yeah, I guess these days they're busy answering indictments, Sam. <laughs> okay, I'll call them. Uh... Hello, police department. Lost and Foundling Division, please. <laughs> huh? Me trouble? Well, I suddenly seem to find myself with child. <laughs> uh, what you might call an off-the-cuff baby. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so if, if you'd like to, to, to send a... a... <laughs> if, if... If you'd like to send it. Look, cops, I got the wrong number. <laughs> Bats. It ain't no use fighting. Fate. You mean... Have a cigar. I've just became a father. <laughs> Well, there's one thing I can say. You sure do things the easy way. <laughs> yeah, gang, just imagine. After all these years, I have an offspring of my own. An offspring? What are you talking about? You found him on the doorstep. All right. So he's prefabricated. <laughs> so what? I'll adopt him so he can have my name to carry through life. Your name. What more could I do for him? You could put him back on the doorstep. <laughs> no, sir, he stays here. Fate has fickled its finger at me. <laughs> you mean you're going to raise this kid? Yep, that's and it'll be wonderful. Just think of it, the joy of watching him as he takes his first steps, you know, and the thrill of sending him off to kindergarten, the pride of... Watching him make his first pass at a dame. <laughs> Handing him down some of me knowledge, you know, practical things like how to pluck a chicken. <laughs> how to chalk a pool cue. <clears throat> I'll take him to the museum, the art gallery, the burlesque. The burlesque? I gotta have some fun, too. <laughs> Yeah, I can see it like it was tomorrow. Graduation day. The choir is singing as the organ plays softly. And all eyes is on me, little boy, as the dean shakes his hand and he says, Congratulations, Archie Jr. Here is your sheepskin union card. <laughs> union card? Certainly union card. After spending four years in college, I want the kid to make a decent living. <laughs> just think, Fats, that young man that just graduated is the same little baby that I found on the doorstep today. Time sure flies, don't it? Yes, sir. Tell me, Daddy, do you miss him now that he's gone out into the world? A little. But who knows? Maybe someday there'll be another little one. You mean you're going to get married? Not necessarily. <laughs> That's 
Just other doorsteps. Oh, boy, that kid sure squawks a lot. So what? Uh, maybe he does squawk, but he's my son and I wouldn't change him for anything. Maybe if you change him, he'd stop crying. I see what you mean. Mm. Let's see now. What, uh, what can I use for a diaper? Uh, Arch, how about the bar towel? Yeah, yeah, that'll do, uh. Uh, you got a safety pin, Finnegan? Yeah. Let me have it. Well, I'll tell you, I... Let uh, me have the pen. But Arch... Finnegan, give me the pen. Arch, it's his pants or mine. <laughs> okay, sit down and give me the pen. Thanks. Now, uh, first we take the pen and I guess we better desanitize it. <laughs> With babies, you gotta sterile up everything. You gotta kill the germs. Uh, Fats, take this safety pin and uh, dip it in the bar rye. Kill germs with our bar rye? Eight to five, and don't even stun them. Archie, why don't you let me handle this? Look, Miss Duffy, I happen to be the father of this child, thank you. But that don't mean that you know how to put a diaper on him. What's that doing? It's just like... Setting the table. Now, here, here we are. Now, uh, first we lay out the diaper. That's the tablecloth. Then, where you serve the entree, we place the baby. Now, we take the corner where you put the knife and fold it over to the corner where you put the fork. Now, where you put the sauerkraut, you place the safety pin. What's wrong? I think the sauerkraut stuck him in the entree. <laughs> okay, you put the diaper on, but be careful now. Don't forget. It's my son. My son. Gee, that sounds good, don't it? It'll sound even better the day that he particulates from Harvard. Archie, did you say Harvard? Yeah. Make it faster. Miss Duffy, you mean to say that my son is a girl? That's right. But it can't be. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> It's wearing a pink ribbon. Hey, uh, Arch, is it really a girl? Yeah. Well, how do you like that? I'm an ant. Well, congratulations, Arch. Thank you. Good evening, Archie, me boy. Oh, hello, Officer Clancy. Say, now what's this lying on the bar? Oh, it's a baby. What did you think it was? Well, I thought for a minute that Herbie the Midget had passed out again. <laughs> now, where did the baby come from? I found it on the doorstep. So you found it on the doorstep. Well, now, just a minute, Archie. That's Mrs. Rogers' baby. She gave it to Johnny McGarrity to look after, and he started playing baseball instead. I sure, and she'd be glad to have her baby back. Oh, but Clancy, she can't have it back. It's a, it's a lost foundling, and... and... Finders is keepers. Archie, 
The baby goes back to the Widow Rogers, and it's me sworn duty to notify her immediately. The Widow Rogers, indeed. That's... I'm going to fight this thing with the Supreme Court. No outsider is going to take my baby away from me. Outsider? Mr. Archer, she happens to be the baby's real mother. That's the trouble with this country. <laughs> Showing favoritism to people just because they're relatives. <laughs> That's the audacity of that widow going to come down here to take me baby. After all, I've gone through for that kid. You mean raising her from a boy to a girl? <laughs> well, all I say is that Mrs. Rogers ain't gonna get away with it. There are certain laws in this state. Oh, dear. A father's work is never done. <laughs> We better stop that kid from hitting that milk. I think he's off on a crying jag. Hey, <laughs> look, why don't you sing her a lullaby, Arch? Good idea, Fanny. Let's see. Uh, rock a bye, baby, in the treetop. Hey, you see that? It's working. Yeah. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. Hey, she likes it. Yeah, yeah. Let me try it. If the ball breaks, the cradle will fall. The dawn will come, baby. The cradle and all. Oh, that's one of them. Did you like that, baby? Vinny and I, I don't think you better sing to the baby no more. Oh, my baby. This must be the baby's mother. Oh, my baby, my own little baby. Her baby. Oh, how can I ever thank you for finding my child? Now, look, sister, if you think... Hey. What's the matter? You're beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I do hope the baby hasn't been a bother. Oh, contraire. <laughs> uh, by the by, uh, Officer Clancy tells me that you was the widow, uh, and I'm sorry to hear of your husband's untimely death. Uh, may I share your beaverment? <laughs> well, to tell you the truth... It was never a very happy marriage. No, huh? I, I'm afraid my husband only married me for my money. The beast. <laughs> Is there any left? <laughs> I mean, uh, are you in a position to support this lovely child of ours uh, that I love so dearly? Uh, oh, you're fond of children. Desperately. <laughs> in fact, all of the kids in the neighborhood refer to me as that old, lovable Uncle Archie. Really? You don't think so, Fats? What do the kids around the neighborhood call me? They call you that old 
Yes, sir. <laughs> yep, Mrs. Rogerson. What I wouldn't give to have a little baby like yours. What are you trying to say? Madam, I can constrain me feelings no longer. <laughs> Leave us face it. Fate has thrown us together. You're a man and I'm a woman. You're... Uh, aren't you a little mixed up? In the heat of passion, who's grammatical? <laughs> All I can say to it, it's kismet. <laughs> oh, oh, I better cover the baby. There seems to be a draft from that broken window. Oh, oh, yes, the broken window. It seems that some impish little rascals inadvertently heaved a impish little baseball through it. <laughs> I suppose I should have chapstized them, <clears throat> but... Uh, Old softy that I am, I just couldn't do it. That's my great weakness. I, I love them children. There he is, officer. That's a man who kicked me in the pants. Well, well. We have a little visitor. Hello, Sonny. Archie, this boy claims that you kicked him out of the tavern just because he tried to sell you a book. What's this? Must be some mistake. Uh, now come here, me little friend. Uh, <clears throat> Did I kick you on the pants? You see, he don't dare tell a lie like that to my face. <laughs> How can he? You're holding your hand over his mouth. <laughs> I still say the kid is a liar. Oh, yeah? Well, ask any kid on the block. You know what they call this monster? What? That old... Mrs. Rogers! <laughs> Are you going to let a crummy punk kid like this deceive you into thinking that I don't love children? Archie, I'm afraid you're under arrest. So that's the kind of a man you are. Give me my baby. I'm leaving. And so ends another chapter of Life with Father. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dimension X, followed by George Burns and Gracie Allen. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Jules Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.